The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with April J. Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she has managed to rise above them and conquer her life. She'll help you to do the same. Now, here is your host, April J. Ford. Welcome to You're Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. I'm your host, April J. Ford. I'm excited about our episode today on Know the Name, Know the Person, Decoding Letters to Reveal Secrets Hidden in Names with my guest Sharon Lynn Wyeth. Before I bring her on, I offer the show as an example for people who may feel alone during adversity that they are not alone. Loneliness has been an overriding theme of my life and a challenge I've had to overcome. Your journey called life is filled with happiness, success, fulfillment, and even disappointments and adversities. Did you know that there are golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you a curveball? Being a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and single parent at only 32 years old, I created a formula in four steps on how to create a blueprint to rise above life's challenges. These four steps are recognize, respond, reevaluate, and rebalance. First, recognize the rubble that are barriers and roadblocks. Two, respond by creating a recovery plan. This is going to be your blueprint and your roadmap to break through those barriers. Three, reevaluate the plan as you rebuild. And fourth, rebalance the relationships that bring meaning and value to your life. And ask yourself the same question Who do I bring meaning and value to? And to be able to answer this, you must have a mindset and thought process that is positive and progressive with yourself. Now, this blueprint guides you on finding who you are and how to handle these challenges, and it doesn't even have to be as extreme as mine. This is how you will transition and transform into who you're truly meant to be. I believe on taking a holistic approach on implementing the four steps. So this show will bring on expert guests focused on empowerment. There's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, here on Voice America. Now, on with today's show, Sharon Lynn Wyeth is an award-winning and international best-selling author. She is a creator of Neumology Science and is passionate about helping others relate to each other better. In her seventh year of teaching math, having been a math major herself, she noticed that she was getting impressions of how a student would behave when she was making seating charts at the start of the year from the person's name. Her curiosity led her to write down her impressions as she wanted to get to know her students for who they were. And after months of research and teaching, she read her initial impressions and was really amazed by the accuracy. She followed her 15 years of research conducted in 49 of the states with three years of fieldwork in over 70 countries testing her theories. 
Her book, Know the Name, Know the Person, Decoding Letters to Reveal Secrets and Hidden Names, has garnered frequent praises and has earned a Literary Excellence Award. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, Sharon. How are you? Oh, I'm so excited to be here. You know, so often we expect other people to approach us and to initiate correspondence or interaction or whatever. And I love your show for We Are Not Alone because namology science, when you know how to do names, you can go approach anybody and immediately connect with them and feel comfortable with them. And so many people will say, oh, you're my new best friend. (laughs) Right. Who can understand them at such a deep level so quickly. Right. Well, tell us, Sharon, you know, you started off as being a a teacher. And how did you come about after, you know, 15 years of developing the nemology science? Take us back, you know, 15 years ago when you were creating the seating charts. Well, it was actually 33 years ago when I was. Oh, wow. Okay. 33. (laughs) A long time ago. And I just, my brain started saying, oh, don't put Joshua next to Julie because together they're going to be clowns, but separated, they're okay. And Derek's going to need extra help, put him up close. And Stephanie's going to be stubborn and never want to change her seat, so put her on the side by the window. And I started going, okay, wait, 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 I don't even know these kids yet. And I kind of felt guilty for having preconceived ideas, but curiosity took over. So I thought, okay. I'm going to put down my impression of every single name that I am doing and I'll put it away for three months until the winter break and then I'll look at it because I want to get to know these kids for who they are. And when I did read that, three months later, I was so amazed. It was like, OMG, I'm <laughs> on to something, you know, and that there are certain expectations that come with certain names. And so I started making a chart. And I had a prolifera of Davids in my life. So I made a column for every single one of the Davids in my life. And I started saying, what have I observed about this David? And I put down all the adjectives and the adverbs in that column. And then I did it again for the next David and did it again for the next David. And then I said, okay, what's the same across the board? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's got to be in the name David. And what's different across the board? Well, where's it coming from? So I thought, okay, that's got to be middle name or last name. So it literally took me 15 years of list making and patterns and interviewing so many people. I approached everybody. I used to be shy, but you'd never know it today because I would approach everybody and I'd say, do you know anybody with this combination in their name? How would you say that they are? Describe them to me. And then I would take notes madly because I wanted to see all the patterns. And so after 15 years, I thought, okay, I've got them. And then I wanted to perfect them and fine tune them. So I started telling people about it, and I ended up talking in 49 of our 50 states and traveling to 70 countries, talking to people and testing the system. And so I did that for three years, and then I came back and wrote the book. Wow. Well, right now you're still traveling. It's different now. You're not in your research and survey mode. Now you're teaching it, right? I mean, you're on your media tour, and you're being featured on multiple um big big networks out there in TV. So now you're more, are you teaching people the system now? Yes. Um, we have two classes this summer, and you can find them information on the website, knowthename.com. And yes, I'm traveling a lot, and I teach a lot for HR departments and for lawyers because you can pick your jury that who's going to agree with you more based on the placement of the letters of their name. And HR departments have tested me over time, 
And in 10 minutes, I can say, here's your list of names and here's the order I'd have. And in the meantime, they go through all the resumes and the interviewing and whatnot, and we end up matching. Or sometimes they'll say, why did you put this one first and not that one? And when I tell them, they go, oh, we're going to change our order. And so well, let's, go, just, let's go back a little bit, Sharon. Let's take a step back. When you were traveling and doing your field research of surveys and research and and it transitioned to you teaching in various states and various organizations, as well as did you develop this as well as outside of the United States or just the United States? I mean, how does this different in, in various languages? Um, it works with any language that uses our lettering system. I spent okay. almost a year in China trying to figure it out, and it, it's just beyond me. And so when the Chinese have their name and an English name, the main qualities are there, but not all the subtleties. It doesn't work. But anywhere oh, okay. I went where they're using our, you know, lettering system, it works. Okay. Okay. So let's let's do this. Let's give our listeners a little bit of an example of, you know, how our names can really say something about a person. And then we'll get into the details later of what, you know, the middle name and last name is. But really, what does it really tell us about a person? It gives you communication style. It tells you what kind of gifts they like to get. It tells you their their learning style. It gives you their emotional responses. It gives you their um, attitudes. The consonants are the attitudes, and the vowels represent their emotions. The first name is the essence of who a person is. The middle name is where they go when they're under stress. And the last name it represents their environment. So, like, if somebody gets married and changes the last name, well, their environment has also changed. And so the last name is always reflecting someone else's influence on us, where our first name is always the essence of who we are coming out in our personality and our traits, both our challenges and our gifts. And what's really cool is that any of the challenges that are in a name, the solutions are also in the name. Oh, okay. So that's where it can be become practical and useful. Very practical and useful. For an example, for anyone who has an ST combination in their name, this represents stubbornness, and they can get in their own way. And that's the challenge part. However, it also represents persistence. And if they just persist, they'll get to where they're going. So a lot of times the people with an ST in their name become those doctors and and other professions that take a lot of work to get there because they don't give up. Okay. Well, I can can say I'm pretty persistent, but I don't have an ST combination in my name. So how does that translate to um, other names? There's two or three different ways to have a similar quality or characteristic. For an example, suppose we take the J, the S, and the W. All right. In the J, all three letters represent intelligence, but the J is innate intelligence and what I call street smart, and they're just brilliant when they're out there, when the first letter of a, we're doing the first letter of the first name. And when that's a J, these people are incredibly brilliant, and they've come to learn how to follow their own lead and not follow anybody else. They can listen to other people, and then they've got to do their own thing. They've got to take that path less traveled by, and they're just brilliant. Now, the S is also wanting to know intelligence, but they're what I call the school smart intelligence. They're the ones that are like, come over here and show me 
teach me, make sure I've got it, and be right here until I've got it right. And then the minute I think I've caught on and I've got my foundation, it's like, oh, go with me alone, don't micromanage me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay? Mm -hmm. And then the W is people that I call for wiser wisdom because they learn through experiences. They can't stand making the same mistake twice. So when they make what they consider a mistake, they always go, what do I need to do differently to improve? And, you know, and they're the ones that go out there and make deliciously new mistakes so that they don't repeat the old ones. And they end up very wise because they're constantly reevaluating what their choices were and making them better. So all three represent intelligence, but they're all coming from a different direction. And there's always two or three ways of representing the same concepts so that we all don't have to have the same letters in our name. Okay, so so you said this is for your first name, but what if, you know, in my case, you, you mentioned the letter J. In my case, J is actually my middle name, not my first name. So how would that relate to me? Well, what happens is when you're under stress and only when you're under stress, do you go there and then you get those brilliant ideas that just come out. Oh, so you, okay. I think I'm getting so the picture now of how your system works. When the middle name is what I call stronger than the first name, then people will sometimes put themselves underneath a false stress, and stress always involves time, and they'll put themselves under a false stress and able to get themselves in that position so that then they can have the stronger qualities and characteristics come forward. Oh, got it, got it. So they're often procrastinators. <laughs> the procrastinators with the innate <laughs> in- intelligence, right? Right. But enable to get that and bring that up. So if the middle name is stronger than the first name, people procrastinate to cause a false stress. And now, oh, my gosh, I'm running out of time. And then they'll go ahead and pull up those qualities. And it kind of like rescues themselves. Like like trigger. For those people, I always say, give yourself a false deadline. Act as if it's real. And therefore, you can create a false sense of stress that doesn't affect the physicality. And you can still bring up and, and encourage those qualities in yourself. Oh, that's exciting. So let's do this, Sharon. Let's take our break. And when we come back, I'm going to, um, you know, ask you a few more questions about your system and how you really develop it. So let's take our first ba- break. And when we come back, we'll also ask one of our listeners um, their questions for you. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to rise above life's challenges with grace, gratitude, love, and joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. Change happens. It doesn't just happen to us, it happens through us. On The Art of Transformation, host Mara Evenstar helps you become the artist of your own transformation. Learn to work with natural patterns, work with change rather than against it. 
Mara and her guests will bring fresh perspectives and new ways to apply the art of transformation to yourself, your community, and our world. Be sure to listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Did you know there are close to 50 loss events that can produce the wide range of emotions we call grief? Grief is a normal and natural response to loss. We all experience loss in life. Often, when we do, people tell us we have to let it go and move on. But how do you do this, especially when you don't know where to start? Listen to 50 Shades of Grief with host Melody Dawn. Live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we can get through grief. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofya.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. We're back with our guest today, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, best-selling author of Know the Name, Know the Person, Decoding Letters to Reveal Secrets and Hidden Names. Sharon created the Nemology Science that basically helps you reveal the personality traits of a person based on their name, their communication style, their emotional responses and attitudes. So, Sharon, I had a listener that emailed me, and I'm not sure if he's going to be able to call in. Hopefully, he will if he has further questions. But if you could reveal to him, based on the system that you created, what his name reveals about his personality traits, as you briefly mentioned before the break, your first name, your middle name, your last name. His first name is Aaron. And his last name is Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S. What what does that tell you about Aaron? Well, it tells me right away he's a workaholic. And he's work, 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 but then he can make a great couch potato on the other end. So it's (laughs) all work or all play. There's nothing in between. It also says that he has fairness issues. He wants the world to be fair, and it's very easy for him to stick up for somebody else when he thinks an unfairness has occurred, but he can get choked in his own throat, and the words don't come when he goes to stand up for himself. It's one of the things he came to learn was how to stand up for yourself and affirm yourself anytime you think that the situation isn't fair. His name also tells me he's very logical, deductive, reasonably, and practical. It's like he'd be very good at mechanics or math or music, anything that's got a step-by-step approach. I love his last name because it tells me that he was taught he's capable of doing and being anybody he wants to, and he can succeed, and he's a lifelong learner. It also tells me that he's here learning about spirituality, not religion, but spirituality is in his name. Now, every name has a major, what I call an umbrella or a challenge in the name, and his is that he doesn't see his own self-worth and value, and therefore, he works extra hard to prove to himself that he does have worth and value. 
Wow. That's from the last name or the first name? It's from dropping the first name into the last name. Dropping the first name into the last name. Okay. So let's do a quick review. You said that our first name basically gives our our essence. These, These are our traits and gifts. So for Aaron, um, you said his his gifts and tra- traits would be that he's a workaholic, but at the same time, on the other side of the coin, he could also be a couch potato. No offense, Aaron. <laughs> or um, he's very logical and practical, very hard worker. So that's his first name, the essence. I don't know his last name, but uh, excuse me, the middle name, but his last name um, he said he's very capable at being and doing um, whatever he basically sets his mind to, and he's seeking spirituality, and the yes, challenges would be worth and name. value. Okay. Yeah, and it comes from the last name, is that he was taught he can do anything, and he can. And that I love his last name because it says it doesn't matter what he tries, he's always going to end up landing on his feet. It also says that his parents really pushed education and to be constantly learning. And when you drop the the first name into the last name, you get the the umbrella for why are we here? What are we learning? Okay. So how does this apply when to uh, you know when women change their names when they get married? And you said that the last names really have to do with your environmental changes. So how does how does that transition when you get married and you change your name? Well, what happens is now you're being influenced not by the family so much, but by your spouse. And so also you're going to be influenced by spouse's family and spouse's friends. Often there's new combinations that then occur in your name. So, for an example, there's one combination that I look for when people call me and say, should I take his name or not? And there's a particular combination that I look for that says, will this combination now be introduced that's going to cause violence? Was she not a victim of violence before? Will she now become a victim of domestic violence? And that will show up when you put in the new last name. Other times, the last name will say, he wants to own you or control you. And So so what do you do then? What type of advice would you give to that person who's considering marrying, you know, the person with that name? What, What have you... Well, uh, sometimes it's just if you keep your own name, then you keep the balance because then you keep your essence of yourself. Sometimes, and it's really not all that often, I'll look at it and I'll say, you know, go live with them for a while. I'm not sure you want to marry this one because this is what I see happening when I'm comparing the two names. Because you can tell the difference or how two people are going to go get along or what's going to challenge them when you're comparing the letters in the two names. I was doing a seminar for real estate people who wanted to improve their sales out in Sacramento. And we had some extra time. So I said, okay, you want me to compare two names just for the fun? We can make them up. We can do movie stars, whatever. And the daughter-in-law of the owner that hired me said, oh, no, no, do ours. Do ours. Because she and her husband, you know, worked for the company. And I said, I asked three times, are you sure? Are you sure? You know, <laughs> yeah, warning you now. <laughs> you know, everything comes out. And so, no, they just insisted. So I showed him how to compare two names. And then I said, from his point of view, looking at her, she has these two little minor things that kind of bother him a little bit. But they're so minor that he really thinks she, he's married to the perfect woman. And he was saying, yes, yes, I definitely am. 
And then I said, okay, but now let's look from her point of view. And when we look from her point of view at him, it's his way or the highway. And when they agree, that's her 50%. And when they disagree, that's his 50%. So he's always getting her his way. And I said, and based on where the letters are located, I give this marriage 12 years. I have oh, no wow. idea how long they've been married. And she... Her eyes got so big, and her hand came out, and her finger pointed, and she goes, are you listening to her? Are you listening <laughs> to her? This is the best workshop we've ever had to take. And I thought, okay, it's already getting to her. You know, and I said, how long have you guys been married? And she said, nine and a half years. And I thought, okay, it's already getting to her. And he has been the choice of what he needs to change or what he can adapt so that he's not pushing those buttons with her and the marriage doesn't break up because she can't tolerate it anymore. Right. And I love how you use the example of, you know, the couple, you know, at this um, meeting that you were at, besides your system being fun and entertaining, but share, share some other stories of how this technique that you've developed can also be empowering um, in business. You know, that was more of a personal story of, of relationships, but what about in business? How can you, or how have you implemented this with HR departments or in the corporate world when it comes to There's an HR teams? department that I work with a lot in San Diego, and she called me, the head of her, the HR department called me and said, we have these two fabulous employees that are both incredibly talented, and we want to keep both of them, and they can't stand working with each other. And so one's working for the other, and the boss picks on this one, and he wants to quit. And yet, when we send him out to clients, everybody loves him. We don't want him to quit. And he doesn't want to work with her, and yet that's the division he falls under. What are we going to do to keep both of them? So I looked at both names, and I said, she wants to be well-informed. And she doesn't think he's communicating well enough with her and keeping her informed. He wants the freedom because he's brilliant, and that's why all your customers like him because he's a great problem solver, but he doesn't want to be micromanaged, and she's micromanaging. I said, so what if we had an agreement where at the end of every day, he sends her a short email. Today, this is what I did, and this is what happened. She's going to be well-informed, and then she won't have to micromanage him. And they implemented that, and that was a year and a half ago, and both are still employed, and both are happy. Wow. Amazing. Well, this goes back to the story of the couple that you said that, you know, was married for, what was it, eight going on 12 years. And you said, oh, I give you guys 12, 12 years. But it's more of not really, you know, giving them a, a self-fulfilling prophecy or a doomsday end, but really bringing awareness and maybe understanding or coming to an agreement, right, of, of your differences and knowing the other person's communication style and emotional response or their attitudes and, and perceptions. Isn't that what really the system is for? It's really for if we can learn to communicate one with another and see how we're pushing their buttons, but with small adjustments, we would not be pushing their buttons. Then we've got a really good communication style and a really good loving style and marriages stay together. I've helped a lot of families when their children, when they're saying, oh, my kid driving me nuts. You know, what can I do? And I always say, well, let's look at it from your point of view and let's look at it from your child's point of view. And simple things can be changed. For an example, suppose your child has a first vowel of an A. It doesn't matter where the A comes in the name. It just happens to be in the first name and it is the very first vowel, whether it's the okay. first letter, second letter, or third letter. 
Okay. That would be my kids. And, okay. That's a good example. Okay. Like in April, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and these children do not like to be told what to do. You ask them. They're compliant. They're helpful. They're good workers. But you tell them and they're like, I don't want to do that anymore. So for an example, let's say you need your child to empty the dishwasher. If you say, oh, go empty the dishwasher, that child's going to procrastinate as much as possible and hate emptying that dishwasher and just oh, be horrible to deal with. However, if you go to the person and say, would you mind emptying the dishwasher? I'd really appreciate it. It's not a problem. They go and empty. Okay. Now, let's say they're loading and you mm-hmm. want them to load differently because they're not getting enough dishes in there. If you go up and criticize, because people with a first bowel of an A shut down when criticized. So if you go up and criticize how they're loading the dishwasher, that pers- that child's going to walk away and say, I'm never doing this again. You do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. However, if you go to that same child and you say, you know, I wonder if there is a way to arrange these dishes so that we get the maximum number of dishes in here and they can all get clean and get water. What do you think? Okay, sure. I'm going to try that with both my kids. Both my kids have an A in their their first names. (laughs) Every single time your child goes to load the dishwasher, that's what they're going to be thinking because now it's a puzzle. And now it's fun to load. And you didn't criticize, and yet you got them to change behavior. Great. So let's do this. Let's go to our next commercial break. And when we come back, let's do an exercise where um, we'll talk about, you know, maybe somebody famous or a celebrity um, where the audience can really relate to and how this system works. So let's take our commercial break. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. I'm your host, April J. Ford. We've been speaking with Sharon Lynn Wyeth on her pneumology system. You know, it's been fun and entertaining learning about her system, but also really learning her technique that's really empowering both in our personal lives and our, in our business lives, which Sharon sharing her stories of how she's been able to help couples in their personal life, personal relationships, as well as some businesses, specifically an example in the HR department on really understanding the personal dynamics dynamics of people and really coming to an agreement to understand how we can best um, work together. So Sharon, you know, let's do an exercise where the audience can relate to somebody that they know, say like Donald Trump, you know, tell us what keeps Donald succeeding beyond all the odds um, that he's had to face. Well, first of all, look at that last name. He is just going to trump everything. And his whole environment is, what can I do to just trump everything and actually be the best? But people whose names start with a T, okay, they either want to be at the top of the ladder or the bottom of the ladder. And the reason we say bottom is if they don't think they can be at the top, they don't even want to try. They don't even go there. And so he was taught to really push and go to the top from the very beginning, but he was really taught that competitive edge in order to get to be able to trump other people. When we look at the essence of who he is, he's got that logical, deductive, reasoning mind that goes step by step and is very logical and very practical. He's a natural boss. He loves to tell other people what to do. And at the same time, he expects loyalty in return because he's very good, you know, to the people that he's working with. He has a very spiritual side, and it's based on some form of religion. That's what his name says, that the beginning of every day and the end of every day, what really keeps him going is his religious beliefs. It also says in his name that he's got a temper and that you can be working right along with him, and who knows what pushes his button, and all of a sudden he's mad because he has certain ways or certain designs on how he wants something done, and by golly, why can't the people around him rise to that occasion? And so that would push his buttons, and he would get angry. And I don't think they're going to show us that on television. <laughs> well, we got a little bit of it maybe in the boardroom, right? The board. <laughs> Again, I don't think he's going to show us that on television, <laughs> but I'm sure it comes out in his private dealings. Well, is this, is this system easy to learn? It's incredibly easy. Where it took me 15 years to figure it out and then three years to test it everywhere and, and fine-tune it, it literally takes me 15 hours to teach it. Oh, 15 hours. To, and Okay, okay. And what are some basic tools that somebody can start with so that they don't well, feel overwhelmed with, you know, there's thousands and millions of names out there, Sharon. How do we, how do we decode each letter and we put all the letters together? It can be overwhelming. Learn the first vowel. There's so much information in the first vowel from a person's communication style to their learning style to their type of gifts that they like. I mean, there's so much information just in the first vowel, and there's only six vowels. So I always say start there, and you'll just be amazed. So 
what I would like to do, because your whole show is you're not alone, how do you approach a stranger? How do you start talking to get somebody talking to you so you can listen and you don't have to come up with the conversational topics so that you're comfortable approaching anybody so that you can start relationships so that you're not alone? So if their first vowel is an A, they are the readers. They are the learners. They love new knowledge. Ask them what they're learning. Ask them what they're reading. Say, hey, have you read any good books lately or studied anything interesting? These are the people that are constantly taking in new information. And that's how you can start a conversation and they will just talk. And then you become the listener and you don't have to be a great conversationalist. If the first vowel of the other person is an E, they're all into beauty and experiences. And so you ask them, where would you go to get a good massage? Have you known anybody? Or if I want to get my nails done or if anything, you know, like a great museum, where would you go? And those are the people that will know where all the beauty is around the city because they're always wanting to make the world more beautiful. Those are the people that literally can't pass a crooked picture on the wall without straightening it out. Oh, okay. I know a few of those people. (laughs) (laughs) If the first vowel of the person is an I, then ask them about their family. They're all family-oriented, and family takes a great deal of their time, and you just say, hey, how's the family doing? And they can go through every single member of the family, and they'll keep talking as long as you're willing to listen. If the person is the first vowel of an O, these are your bosses. These are your leadership people. And these are people that love to nurture other people and often have pets because they have all this extra love to go around. So you ask them what they're in charge of, what's their latest project, because that will get them going. The people with the first vowel of a U, they are interesting to talk to, and there are storytellers, and they're just fun, and they have an interesting way of saying things. So you give them a joke, and you say, hey, have you heard any good jokes lately? This is one I've heard recently, and then they'll respond with their jokes, and then you can just start laughing and have a good time playing off of each other. If the person has a first vowel of a Y, You always ask them what they think because they always think so differently than everybody else. They really think outside the box. So you can take any topic that's up in the news and you say, hey, what do you think about Obama's latest whatever? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what side of the fence they're on or what side of the fence you're on. You've started a conversation. And so you don't have to be alone unless you choose to be alone. Oh, I like that. So these are good, like you said, good icebreaker conversations that you really don't have to, you know, create a a long conversation, but really just ask them what their interests are and and just listen, right? And just listen. And every once in a while go, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Or or they'll say something and you can ask another question. So all of us that are not great conversationalists that are very comfortable with silence, this is a way of breaking the ice and getting them to do the talking. And what's really interesting is when they talk a lot and you listen a lot, they feel very close to you. Right. You feel connected. Right. They feel connected as well. They feel connected. And then they want to get to see you again or they want to be with you again. Because I really think listening is not a great skill that we're developing anymore. So when people find good listeners, they go, oh, I need to keep this one around me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's another tool for a toolbox. You know what? When you were going through the list of vowels, I I was starting to think, well, I think Sharon should do, this is going to be an upcoming bestseller for her if she just did a, a baby naming book. What do you think of that, Sharon? Well, in the first book that's out there, Know the Name, Know the Person, 
it literally tells you from the placement and what combinations mean and what qualities and characteristics. So you can even be a, be one of a culture that makes up their own baby name that or a name we've never heard before, but you'll know what it means and what that means that you're going to be, you know, dealing with as a parent. Oh, so that is in your current book already. Yeah, Know the Name, Know the Person literally teaches you the entire system. And then the upcoming book, Know the Name, Know the Spirit, is the one that goes through and says, why are we here? What's our purpose in life? So the first book, Know the Name, Know the Person, is about the personality. And the second book, Know the Name, Know the Spirit, is about what does the soul want? And therefore, you can compare the two because sometimes the soul's going in one direction and the personality wants to go in a different one. Right, right. And what are, what are some of the controversial questions that you've heard um, people ask, you know, from that book, the know the spirit part, you know, is this really a quote unquote contract with God that's written in your name? How do you respond to that? Well, it's normally when I'm interpreting a name, everybody's so blown away with the accuracy that they don't question me on that regard. Because you get those own urgings. And when you're young, you think, oh, I'd really like to do and then you get that outside pressure that sometimes tells you how they want you to lead your life or what they expect you to do. And so many of us succumb to that. So I think a lot of times when I'm doing name readings, what I'm really doing is giving people permission to be innately who they are and to go do what they came to do. And Instead how do you enable having, them with that? How do you enable them once you share the knowledge of the system and they're wrestling, like you said, they're, they're, there's a conflict of, you know, one direction your spirit's going this way and the other one's more of a personality conflict due to your, your beliefs or your upbringing or your environment. How do you, besides giving them permission to be who they are innately? When you're reading the name, remember how I said the solution is always in the name also? Yeah. How do you do that? The uh-huh. problem in the name, and then you just read the solution because it's right there too. Solution is also in the first name? It's in the full name. Oh, the full name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so like in the second book, Know the Name, Know the Spirit, it'll say literally, here's the challenge of where you innately want to go if you go toward the challenge side, and here's the solution. I mean, it's really spelled out. Here's the challenge in these letters. Here's the solution to that challenge that are also sitting in the letters. Okay. So how would we, if we were to go, go back to our initial listener, um, since he volunteered, voluntarily uh, gave his name of Aaron Hayes, his challenge, if I remember correctly, was worth and value. What would be his solution? Well, it's interesting because in his name it says, and it's, it's only rare. There's only three combinations out there that say, in this lifetime, you're not going to find a solution. You're going to keep searching. And that is your motivation to keep working. And he's got one of those three combinations in his name that says, I've got to work hard and become redundant in being able to hear what other people are telling me and not let it just, you know, slide off my shoulder and actually realize that I do have worth and value. And... In his name, it says it may take more than a lifetime to get there. Okay. But, but he's he got to has work to come hard, to terms. Right. And okay. it's through his productivity that he finds his value. Oh, got it. Okay. So hopefully, Aaron, you're, you're taking notes on this or listen to the replay later. 
<laughs> Great. Sharon, let's go ahead and, and before we wrap up on our last break, um, um, let's find out, you know, some of the more controversial questions when we come back from um, break on the dynamics of, I think another question I got was personal relationships, like when you alluded to on your story of the um, people that were married for seven or eight years going on 12 and what they can do um, moving forward. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll come back with Sharon on her nemology science. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges? Or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to rise above life's challenges with grace, gratitude, love, and joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. Get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle. Tune in to Direct Connect Empowerment with host Fee Mazanki. The show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanki can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofya.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. I'm your host, April J. Ford. We've been speaking with Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and she's a creator of Nemology Science and award-winning international best-selling author of Know the Name, Know the Person. And before we get to our other caller's question about, you know, how this re- relates to their personal life and, and dating, I wanted to ask you, Sharon, you know, is our future really written in our name? You know, we're, we're given a name at birth based on whatever our parents give us. And how is that, quote-unquote, fair to be stuck with our name? 
Well, I believe, in, and many people ag- agree with me, and I really believe that the incoming soul impresses upon the person that's going to be naming them what they want to be called. I believe that we name ourselves. I have heard thousands of stories around the world, and that's my conclusion from those stories. And therefore, yes, our name is like a blueprint for why we're here and what we came to learn, but I really think we did it to ourselves. Wow, that's that's another segment, another another show, another topic. <laughs> but, but what would you recommend to somebody who's not, you know, they they're not liking their name, or can they change their name? What happens when they change their name? Um, a lot of people call me for sessions for that, and they go, "Oh, I've never liked my name, and I want to change it." And when I go through and explain what their name means, I think people get a whole new appreciation for what their name is, and. And a lot of people that initially called and said, oh, I want to change my name, and that's why they got the appointment, change their minds and say, you know what? I get it now. I'm going to keep my name. For those that want to change their name still, it's very interesting because when I ask, you know, what would you think of? What do you think you want to be called? It's so interesting to me that it's the same lessons in the first name. It's just done differently. And I think, oh, my gosh, they have no idea what they're doing, but they're giving themselves the same lesson. So what I like to do when people are changing their names and what I ask businesses to do when they call me, and we've named a lot of products and a lot of businesses, is put down the qualities and the characteristics that you wish to enhance within yourself, the ones that you wish to diminish, and then what kind of people do you want to bring to you? Or if it's a business, what kind of customers do you want to bring to you? And what do you want your name to say subtly? To these people and then we put down the letter combinations next to those and then we just kind of play scrabble with them with the letter combinations to get the new names oh i see okay okay and what if you don't like the you know reference that you said when people figure out oh, okay i am now that i understand i have a better awareness or perception of what my name really means i don't want to change my name but how do i um, enhance certain qualities or even diminish certain qualities that I don't have or don't want without changing my name. How do they do that? I think when you're made aware of what your name says and the qualities that are within your name, it empowers you because now you have conscious choices instead of an unconscious theme running throughout your life. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. So let's get on with our last um, question from our listener. Um, If you could share a story as it relates to dating or marriage and and conflicts that arise, I believe you have a story. Was it the couple from Hawaii, was it, that I remember? Yes, I was in Kauai, and I had given a, a talk one evening, and one of the couples came up to me afterwards and said, do you have any openings where we could come see you? And I said, one. And if you can take that one, you're good. And they came in, and I could tell from looking at both names that he was there under duress. And normally I go back and forth, but I thought, "Mm, he needs to see how this works. So first of all, I interpreted her name and his perception of her based on her name. And every time I said anything, she was going, oh, we were just talking about that last night, or oh, yes, I noticed that I do that. And that bothers him. And we were just talking about that this past week. You know, so I guess we've been having a lot of conversations. But when we were all done with her, I looked at him and I said, now are you ready? And he kind of looked at me and, and I said, okay, I think your relationships break up about every two years. Would you like to know why? 
And he said, you know, my, this is my fifth relationship, and we're at the two-year mark. And we're here to decide whether we're going to continue or whether we're going to go our separate ways. And my oh. friends say, the only comedy nominator is me, so it must be me. And then he nervously laughed. And I just looked at him and I said, do you want to know why? And finally, he said, okay. You know, he kind of took a deep breath and he goes, okay. <laughs> Are you ready for it? He's bracing the news. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, he, and I, said, I said, you're a control freak. Everything has to be your way. You never can be wrong. You would rather break a relationship than admit that you made an error. And people who don't know how to apologize and admit they made a mistake, people give them grace and they latitude. Oh, eventually he'll feel comfortable with me and then he'll do this. And at the two-year mark, they go, that's just him. He's not going to change. And who of us want to be around somebody that always has to be right and can never admit they made a mistake? Really, none of us. Right. Because we all goof. You know, and so I said, that's it. It's that one quality. And then we went on and discussed other things from their perceptions from each other. The most fascinating thing about this particular couple is one, I didn't know why they came to see me initially, but it it sits there in the name. But later on that night, the hostess that had invited me to come talk and everything had gotten tickets to this play Huge auditorium, thousands of people, and this couple found us. I would have never been able to find anybody in that many people. But anyway, and they came down, and they said, we've done nothing but talk since your session. And we've had the best communication since we're thoroughly understanding how we both listen and what's really bothering us. And we have decided to go our separate ways. But we want to tell you that both of us feel good about it. There's no blame. There's no guilt. There's no what if I should have, could have done it differently. And he goes, I've never had a breakup where I didn't feel badly afterwards because I thoroughly understand why we're not right for each other. Wow, that's very empowering. And that's the the beauty of the demology science that I really like. You know, besides it being fun and entertaining, I think I really think it's very empowering in all aspects of our life as it relates to our personal life as it regards to relationships as the stories you've shared as well as in in business you know when you're relating to your team or you're trying to create a product and or service so Sharon in closing you know closing and wrapping up our show is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with um, you know nuggets of wisdom or maybe how to contact you to further learn about your system Sure. Once you know the name, you know all about the person once you know how to interpret it. And when somebody asks you, who are you? We all answer with our name as if that says it all. And indeed it does once you know how to interpret a name. And the book is Know the Name, Know the Person. And the website is the first half of the book title, which is knowthename.com. So as you're going about your day-to-day and you say, oh, I really want to know more about that. I need to know the name. You go, that's it knowthename.com right on it's been a pleasure having you on today's show Sharon alrighty everyone I'm April J. Ford here on Voice America you're not alone I share my story and the show so that others can share their stories and have their glory 
so that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face, but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith. I give my love and light so that others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so that others can share theirs and to let others know you are not alone. Make sure you go to www.feeljoyagain.com to receive your weekly words of joy. And remember, there's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific here on Voice America. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April J. Ford next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week.